Okay, good evening, everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Ruchem Abayim. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening. Today we have a very special shir. Um, let's just begin by... Uh, this will be our last year on Sefer Bamidbar. So again, we want to thank Rabbi Isaac Yasolovsky for sponsoring the shirim on Sefer Bamidbar. Lee the Nishmas, his father, Shavsi ben Rabbi Yisuk Isaac, Shama Shab and Aliyah, Biyomei for his whole family, Adbi Eskel Tzedek. Also, Sefer Bamidbar is sponsored by Dr. Zakheim and Meshbachta, Lee the Nishmas, Rev Shlomia Eliezer ben Harav Yaakov Zakheim, and Rivka Bas Tuvia Halevi, Beganeden Tehim Nechasam, Tonight's share is sponsored by the Sturm Meshbacha for Shlema for for let me make sure I have the right name here um, Batya Bas Rachel then she share for Shlema. Okay, <clears throat> so for the last many weeks, we've been speaking about what we call the House of Rashi. Uh, last week we spoke about the Rashbam. Two weeks ago we spoke about Rabbi Notam, the illustrious grandchildren of Rashi. On Friday, in Shalashudas, we spoke about the son-in-laws of Rashi. Rashi had two son-in-laws, Rabbi Huda ben Nasan, the Rivan, and Rabbi Meir. <clears throat> so Rashi had a, a quite an illustrious family. Rabbi Meir had four great children, the oldest being the Rashbam, followed by the Rivam, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Meir, followed by Rabbi Tam, and Rabbi Shlema. And by the way, <laughs> they also had a sister. And that sister was married to the son of the Machser Vitri. And that sister produced the Rihazakein, who in the next generation was the greatest of all the Rishainim, and some say, period, the greatest of all the Rishainim. So it's interesting. Here they had a son, the Rashbam, Rabinu Tam, and it was her, she produced the Gedolim of the <coughs> next generation. Today we're going to speak about Rashi himself. <coughs> and even though we've spoken about Rashi, but we're going to speak about him on a human level, and we're going to speak about him on a supernatural level. Now on a human level, one has to be very careful. The Zohar HaKadosh says on the Pasuk, Do not touch my anointed ones and my prophets do not harm. And the Benishchai has a tshuva that what that means is one cannot ascribe um, human foibles and shortcoming and conjecture to the lives of our G'dal Yisrael of yesteryear. Don't apply psychological analysis to the personalities of the earlier generation. Even though it's popular because it's very easy, they're easy targets. They're not here to tell, that, to tell you, no, that's not what I'm like. And the Zohar specifically says, do not start like psychoanalyzing G'dal Yisrael. But nevertheless, there are a few things I think that we could see from Rashi, and I think we'll be um, secure from this uh, from this admonition. Well, let's make the following observation. There is a beautiful observation that the opening comments of Rashi on every book of the Chumash speak about 
the love, the endearment, and the honor that Hashem has for the Jewish people. It's very interesting. The first comments of Rashi <clears throat> for all the five books, Rashi always begins by talking about how much Hashem loves Chayisov. So for instance, Bereshus begins that why Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak said now, some mistakenly say Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, who's Rabbi Yitzchak? Rashi's father. So the Chida says, and why, why does Rashi start with his father? Because since uh, he wasn't really a Talmud Chacham, some say, so Rashi wanted to honor him. So the Chida basically dismisses that. First of all, he was a Talmud Chacham, Rashi quotes him in Masech Zara. Secondly, if you look in all the Divrei Chazal that Rashi's quoting from, the Yalkut, it's a, they're quoting a Tana Rabbi Yitzchak. So this is not Rashi's father, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. This is a Tana Rabbi Yitzchak. Rashi says, why does the Torah begin talking about creation? Because if the Gentiles come, if the UN makes a resolution, the Palestinians come and say, what do you mean? This is our ancestral land. We say, listen, God created the world and he gives it to who is Yashar Be'enav, to who he considers just. Meaning, Bereshus begins, God created the world and he gave the land of Israel to the Jewish people because we are Yashar Be'enav. So the opening comments of Rashi are, HaKadosh Baruch Hu deems Klal Yisrael Yashar. I would have said, and I've seen this uh, before in print, uh, for this year I saw in the Sefer, Divrei Torah, uh, I've seen this in many places, that really we could say the opening comments of Rashi to Bereshus are, God created the world for the sake of Klal Yisrael, who are called His first. So we see the opening of the Chumash is, Rebbein Shalom loves the Jewish people. They're his, like, the first crop. <coughs> then Sefer Shemais. How does Sefer Shemais begin? Rashi's Bada Bayakasha. Why is God counting us? He already counted us in Vayigash. Ah, oh, Rashi says, even though he counted us when we're alive, he counted us again, <laughs> to let us know how much he loves us. So the opening comments of Shemais, Rashi is also saying that it's to convey the great love that Kodesh Baruch has for Kali Yisrael. Yeah? Say for Vayikra. How does Rashi be in Vayikra? Vayikra el Moshe Vayedaber. Rashi's bothered. Why does it have to say he called to Moshe? He spoke to Moshe. Why is he calling and then speaking? So Rashi says, for all speakings and all amirais, all commandments, it was preceded by its uh, Kriya, meaning, Moshe, are you home? You here? Oh yeah, you here? Shalom Aleichem? Okay, now let me tell you something. Rashi says, Lashain Chiba. It's an expression of love. Lashain Shemalachi Asheris Meshtam Shemai. The language that the heavenly angels utilize. Like it says, Vikara Zeh El Yamar. But to the prophets of the nations of the world, God just happens to them. He just like, okay, boom, bam. He's a, Bilam, let's go. He doesn't say, Bilam, dear. No, you bum, let's go. I want to tell you something. And then Sefer Devarim, Sefer Devarim begins with all of these veiled references where Moshe Rabbeinu is criticizing Klal Yisrael. And Rashi begins, why did Moshe criticize us openly? Says Rashi, Mivnei Kevoidan Shal Yisrael for the honor of the Jewish people. So all five books of the Chumash begin with the, an expression, a message of love from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Knesset Yisrael. 
Bereshis, the world was created for the Jewish people. They're the center of the universe. Shemais, God keeps on counting us because He loves us. Vayikra, God always calls to Moshe, Lashon of Chiba. Vamidbar, He's always counting us. Devarim, God, uh, Moshe doesn't reprimand us openly out of honor and respect to the Jewish people. So there's a Sefer Mesukim Medvash, not to be confused with the Sefer Umesukim Medvash. I thought you might, you know, confuse the two. Um, that the Sefer Masukim Medvash uh, brings, now it comes out very beautiful. There's a Pasuk in Bahalo Yischa, Ba'etna Es Halavim, Nesunim La'aron Levanov, I will give the Levim, deliver to Aaron and his sons, Mitoich B'nei Yisrael, La'avoydes Avoydas B'nei Yisrael V'oyemoyed, V'la'ulachavra B'nei Yisrael, V'la'yiyah Negev B'nei Yisrael, B'geshes B'nei Yisrael Es HaKoydesh, so Rashi's bothered. Why does it say five times in this pasuk, "Bnei Yisrael"? <coughs> says Rashi to show how much God loves us. He loves every Jew like the five books of Chumash. So the question is, God loves us like what? He loves us so much like what? Like the five books. What do the five books got to do with God's love for us? I love you so much like the bench. I love you so much like. The ceiling tiles. Well, I love you so much like the Chamish Chumshah. What is it about the Chamish Chumshah that convey that they're the epitome of love? But based on Rashi's opening comments of the five books, clearly the introductory message of all the five books, the first thing you need to know is, I love you. Okay, now let's get cracking. Now I can tell you everything else. Everything I'm about to tell you is with the Hakdama that I love you. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, one of the Shem Sefer HaManik says, that's why right before Shemana Esrei we say, Sura Yisrael, Kuma Be'ezras Yisrael, Fdechu Nomech Yudav Yisrael, Ge'alein Hashem Tzvakos, Shema Kedosh Yisrael, Baruch Hashem Hashem, Go'al Yisrael five times, to remind us how much Hashem loves us before we stand in front of Him in Tefillah. Tyra, right. Very good, good. Okay, that's a good thought. Um, now, the Sefer Mesukim Medvash, not to be confused with the Sefer U Mesukim Medvash, also says that now we understand the comment on Ra- of the opening comments of Rashi on Sefer Bamidbar, because the opening pasuk of Bamidbar is Vayidaber Hashem Al Moshe Bamidbar Sinai, and in that pasuk it doesn't say anything about Hashem counting the Jewish people. He's not doesn't begin counting us until pasuk Beis Su Es Roish Kol Adas Bnei Yisrael. So why would Rashi comment on Pasuk Aleph? Oh, why is God counting us? Why does he keep on counting us? Because he loves us so much, he didn't count us yet. What's Rashi talking about? Why would Rashi jump the gun and start with his comment that why is Hashem counting us on the first Pasuk about Midbar? He didn't count us yet in the first Pasuk. He's not counting until the second Pasuk. But the answer is because Rashi it has to fit the symmetry of the other four books where he begins the opening comment on the first Pasuk of the Sefer with Hashem's love for Klai. So, so therefore, even in Bamidbar, where it's not even relevant yet, Rashi says, look, <coughs> I need to uh, uh, advance the comment of love all the way to the opening Pasuk. Now, I would add, this is not in the Sefer Mesukah Midvash, I would add the following humble thought. In Parshas Bahaloischa, Rashi is bothered by the following question. It talks about the Karban Pesach that was not brought. Now, the Karban Pesach is in which month of the year? Nisan, the first month of the year. Ban Midbar begins in what month of the year? 
Vayhi b'chodesh Hashem, in the second month. Rashi asks, Bahaloischa then came before Bamidbar, so it's out of order, the whole Sefer is out of order. We should start with Bahaloischa, Karim Pesach, and then go to Bamidbar, because the counting wasn't until the second month. So Rashi says, even though Bahaloischa is not until the second month, why didn't the Sefer begin with that? Because it's disparaging to the Jewish people, because for the 40 years in the desert, they only brought this Karim Pesach, so we didn't want to begin with it. Now we could understand why we don't want to begin with something disparaging, but in light of the way we've set it up, how crucial it is to begin with the endearment of the Jewish people, we understand how, basically, look what God did. The Torah is the blueprint of creation. It's not easy to just change the document. You know, the document contains the DNA, the fabric of the world. You can't just, like, change things. But HaKadosh Baruch had no choice. He had to, to change the document because the paradigm of the document is we must begin the book with a message of love. So we could say Rashi, he's all love. Rashi is just pouring out with love for the Jewish people. By the way, there's a beautiful Rashi in Shashirim. I love this Rashi. In Shashirim, of course, we know it's a, a song of Ahava between a chasan and kala. God being the chasan and we're the kala. And the kala says to the chasan, Yishakeni, kiss me, minashikos piyu, from the kisses of your mouth. That means Knesset's got the Jewish people turn to God and they say, kiss us with the kisses of your mouth. What's that supposed to mean? What, what are the Jewish people asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So Rashi says it's a mashal. That one time HaKadosh Baruch Hu kissed the Jewish people. When? When he gave us the Torah, he spoke to us face to face. That was a nashika. But since then, we haven't ever had a moment like that. But we are vouchsafed, says Rashi. Muftache me'ita. We are vouchsafed. There will be another giving of the Torah. What? How could there be another giving to one of the 13 principles of faith? Is, The Torah will never be changed. There won't be another Torah. And yet the Medr says, Torah me'ite me'iti teitze. The Navi Yishai says, a Torah will emanate from me, which Chazal say it means, Torah chadasha me'iti teitzeh. There'll be a new Torah. How could be there a new Torah? So Rashi explains. Right now, God gave us the simple interpretation of the Torah. But we don't really know the mystical secrets of the Torah. We are actually promised that there will be another Asifa. There'll be a gathering of Jews. We're, I don't know, probably in Yushalayim. And God will reveal himself to the Jewish people. And he will reveal to us the secrets of the Torah. We ask him, Rebosham, please fulfill this great promise. And again, kiss us from the kisses of your mouth. That refers to the added insight God will give to us when he reveals to us the Kabbalistic secrets of the Torah. So we have a very interesting report. One of the Talmidim of Rashi wrote a sefer called Sefer Ha'ira. By the way, you know, Rashi writes in the Sefer HaPardes. What's the Shabbos before Pesach called? Why is it called Shabbos Hagana? So Rashi says, you know, um, Yom Kippur is called Soymarabba, the big fast. Why? It's endless. It's endless. You're sitting there in Shul. You say, what? Only four and a half hours pass? We're still in, sh- we're still in the second period of Shachar. It just never ends. 
It's like it's the longest day of the year. It's like three weeks long that day. So too Shabbos Hagadol, the rabbi speaks so long. Rashi says it's like it's never going to end. That's what Rashi says. Why it's called Shabbos Hagadol. So therefore, the longer the rabbi speaks, the more Gadol it is. So Rashi also had a sense of humor. No, but Rashi meant seriously. Um, and by the way, this is coming from Rashi. Rashi wrote very bekitzer. Rashi didn't like long drushes, you know? In the Sefer Ha'ira it brings, at one time, Rashi came in with a child on his shoulders into the shul. Sure, he was wearing, he, he was carrying a kid on his shoulders. Now, could you imagine like a big Rosh Hashiva walking into a shul with a child on his shoulder? People would be like, what? They would have him demoted from the Gadoilam, you know. He wouldn't be a Gadol anymore. But Rashi, Rashi would come into shul with a, wearing a, sh- a child on his shoulders. And in the, <coughs> all the Svarim say there's no doubt that it was one of his uh, grandchildren. Rashi said to take the kid off his shoulders for Shema because the children are generally uh, not clean and uh, they should not be in the vicinity for uh, Kriya Shema. If you want to get a little picture of the love that Rashi had for his family, you know, like in a typical tshuva, a tshuva ends with like these very pious salutations and, and, you know, we hope for the coming of Mashiach and the restoration of the glory of the Shekhinah. And it's all beautiful. Listen to how Rashi ended off a tshuva. Yechi chasni Rabbi Meir la'ad. Long live my son-in-law, Rabbi Meir. Ubiti, together in harmony with my daughter. Vahayaladim, and the beautiful grandchildren. Yenuvun b'seva v'shalom. They should live long and in peace. You know, sometimes people might be afraid. It's like somehow it's, it, it, it lessens the seriousness of the personality if they have children, if they have a family. No, it's brought, you know, Rashi was a, a family man, if we could say such a thing about Rashi. But in uh, the Sefer, Rabbi Shlema Yitzchaki, he brings that in, by the Umay Sa'ilam, you don't have so much, you know, Mozart. So, oh, what, Mozart's kids were great virtuosos or, you know, Beethoven, the, the dynasty of Beethoven, the dynasty of Michelangelo, no, if, if they even had a family, these, you know, but by Rashi, you see he had tremendous son-in-laws, grandchildren, great luminaries, great grand, many, many, many generations. And uh, look, the, clearly Rashi had a great ahava and affection for his sons-in-law, his grandchildren, and further, in fact, um, the Rashivov tells <coughs> Rav Goldberg I had this chus to visit him on Erev Shabbos this year. He writes in his Sefer Chanuch Lenar that the Briskarov said about himself that he gave up 10 years of his life for Chinuch Banav. Now, can you imagine all the Chidushim the Briskarov could have come up with in 10 years and all the Chidushim Hagriz al But he gave up from his own learning to give over to his children. And um, many, many of the Rashi Yeshiva of the next generation until today are, have been influenced by the Shalshalas of Brisk. So we see the importance of even uh, of everybody dedicating time to their families and to their children and grandchildren and further. Don't think just because you got your kids out of the house then you're exempt from Chinuch. No, the father and grandfather still has to be 
an important influence on the continuity of his mishpacha. It's very interesting that Rashi had, so we see Rashi's great love for the Jewish people. We see Rashi's great love for his mishpacha. Now let's talk about Rashi's love for his talmidim. In many of the tshuvas of Rashi, he calls his talmidim, Chavivi, my beloved, Achai, my brothers, Rei, my friends. Rashi talks about the students of a person should be beloved as their own body. And this Rashi is Oyam Menorah. You ready for this? Rashi says on the Pasuk of Vishinan Tam Levanecha, you should teach your children. So simply the Pasuk means you should teach your children. Rashi says, no, you should teach your students. Yeah, but it doesn't say your students, it says your children. It says Rashi, students throughout the Torah are called children. Shenemar, Bonim, Atem, Lashem, Elakechem. Now that's a wondrous Rashi. That means the Torah says we're God's children. Rashi is identifying. How are we God's children? God didn't contribute DNA toward us. How is God our father? Because we're his students. And you're a ch- um, your student is your child. Look at the great love that Rashi has for his students. Rashi says in the Torah, Children refer not to your biological children, they refer to your Talmidim. Like it says, B'nei Hanavim, Chizkiyot Torah to Klal Yisrael, he called them my children. Says Rashi, just like the students are called children, the Rav, the, Rav, the Rebbe is called a father. Shenemar Ovi Ovi Rechav Yisrael. I mean, this is, this is the idea of Rashi. Because simply, the reason we're God's children is because of Rav Meir. Actually, the Klozenberg Rebbe says, contrary to the Rajba, who says that we paskin like Rameir, that we're always the children of Hashem, Rashi disagrees with the Rajba. Rashi seems to say, we're not always Hashem's children. We're only His children because we're His students. So if you don't want to be His student, then He ain't your father. So I think this would put Rashi in very <clears throat> elevated status. Because if a student is a child and the Rebbe is a father, then what would Rashi be to us? Why is Rashi called Rashi? Why? I mean, his name was Shloima. Rav Shloima. So where did the Yud come from? So the Chida says, <coughs> it's a kino, it's a nickname for his father. Some say, his father wasn't a great Talmud Chacham. Chida dismisses that. Chida says as follows. What are you going to call him? Rash? Rash means poor. It's not nice. So therefore we added Yitzchaki to avoid calling him Rash. In fact, says Chida, any Gadol named something that starts with Shin, we never call him Rash. We always find another letter to adjoin. For example, Rabbeinu Shimshain, we call him Hasar Mishans. Or Hasar Mikutsi, who is the Smag. So therefore, we call him Rashi. So we shouldn't call him Rash. Or either Rashi or his father came from Lunil. Lunil. What's Lunil? It's a place in France. Say, really? Can I still join the trip to France? I thought you might ask that question. Yes. There's still a few more slots available on this historic trip. 
say, are you going to be anywhere not near Rashi? You wouldn't believe it. We're actually going to Rashi's kever on his yard site, on Chav Tes Tamun. So if you happen to be available next week and you want to come, please join us. I know you've been waiting the whole share for that. I surprised you. I didn't say it in the beginning of the share. But Lunil is an area in France. Anything with Luna means the moon. Like a lunatic. A lunatic is somebody who the moon makes them crazy. That's right. They start howling at the moon. Or lunar, lunar, right? Lunar means the moon. So Lunil, and therefore Jews who came from Lunil were called Yarchi, Yareach, the moon. So Rashi is Rav Shloima Yarchi. Rav Shloima Yarchi. So either him or his father came from, from uh, Lunil. However, there is a tradition that there's another reason why Rashi is called Rashi. Now, there's no official source for this. I tried to track it down. It's not like, you know, an Achroin said this, but there's a Melitza in the Ein Yaakov Hamavor he brings. There's a Melitza, there's an expression that Rashi stands for Rabban Shel Yisrael, the Rebbe of the Jewish people. I found in the Shiurei Harishayin Lutziyayin, is Gedalia. Gedalia got me the force for him. Shirei Maran Rishon Lutzion. Rishon Lutzion, uh, he brings that Rashi stands for uh, Rabban Shal Yisrael because first of all, Rashi explained the whole Tanakh. And moreover, Rashi explained the whole Shas, if not for, except for part of Baba Basra and part of Makois. says, Rabbi Yosef, if not for Rashi, then Shas, it would be a closed book. It would be like uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Nobody would open it up. How you cannot, you can't make how you can't. You don't understand what it's talking about. Without Rashi, we think because he has these gemaras. You look in the bottom of the, these gemaras with the notes. They're like one line. They're like five hundred lines of notes. I mean, it's, it, and Rashi says it in three words. You read the note, you think it's the most complicated thing in the world. Then you see Rashi. Oh, that's what it is. How often these notes are like you know, it's like the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> It's so long, you can't, you can't figure out what it's talking about. You look at Rashi, Rashi just says, the, <laughs> Rashi says in, in three words what it takes everybody else, 500 words to say. So Rashi's Rabban Shal Yisrael. Now, watch this. If Rashi is the Rebbe of the Jewish people, what would that make Rashi to us? Because Rashi said a student is a child, which means a Rebbe is a father. Then Rashi is the father of the Jewish people. If he's Rabban Shal Yisrael, he's got to be the father of Jewish Now, the truth is, for Ashkenazim, he is the father of the Jewish people. Because almost all Ashkenazim are direct descendants of Rashi. Because in the 11th century, there are about five to 10,000 Jews. That's all. And 80% of Ashkenazim at least come from Rashi. So, practically speaking, Rashi is Avi and Shal Yisrael. But I want to show you something. Great wonders of the Torah. Okay, Isaac, this will be a good grand finale for the Bamidbar Shirim. Now this I don't understand for the life of me, honestly. We once gave a shear, it's got to go back four to five years ago, about what I called the most colorful personality in Jewish history, Rabbi Huda Aryeh of Modina. And he was someone who, he didn't accept Gilgulam. But at one point in his life, he did. He changed his mind. The Ramami Pano, on the other hand, is like, 
the master of Gugum, he wrote a sefer called Gulei Neshamais. The Ramami Pano writes, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Leon de Modina, that's the individual I said originally did not accept Gugulim, that he has a tradition that Rashi is a Gilgal of Rav. Who's Rav? <coughs> Rav is the first Amoira and the last Tana. Rav, Tana who Pollock. He's an Amoira, but if he needs to argue on a Tana, he can argue. And who's the Rambam? The Rambam is Shmuel. Now I would add, Shmuel was a doctor. So it worked out. He didn't have to get, maybe he didn't have to go back to medical school. I don't know. <laughs> but Sh- Shmuel, now, by the way, the Rush, I believe in Baba Kama says, the reason why we paskin like Shmuel in Dine Mamanois, because Shmuel was pr- in the world of practicum. He was a pra- he had a, he was a, he was a doctor. So we paskin like him by practical law. Rav was more of a mystic, as we're go- about to see. So we paskin like him by Isser. Now, my good friend in France, Rabbi Rafael Ansel, showed me in the Hakdama the Sefer Yeshua's Malkai of Rabbi Shuala Mikutna. Shmuel is called Aryoch, or Melech. Shmuel in the Gora is called a king. Most Perushim on the Rambam have the word Melech in it. Kiryas Melech, Mishnah Lamelech. Why? Because the Rambam's a Gilgal of Shmuel. And Shmuel was a Melech. So most Perus and the Rambam mysteriously have Melech in it without any intention. It's not like they, they were Mekubalim and they intentionally... That's the Hashkacha. But Rav, Rashi was the Gilgal of Rav. That's why by Macholay Sasurai, sometimes we pass him like Rashi because he's Rav. And by Dine Mamanois, we pass him like the Rambam because he's Shmuel. And Shmuel was a Melech. That's why Dina de Malchusa Dina. That's why he passed like Shmuel by Dina. And Rabbeinu Tam was Rabbi Yochanan. <laughs> Rabbeinu Tam was Rabbi Yochanan. And therefore, if there's Machloikes, we know if there's Machloikes, Rabbi Shmuel, sometimes Rabbi Yochanan will be Machriya. So Rabbeinu Tam could sometimes be Machriya between Rashi and the Rambam. Now, I'm not exactly sure what this means because in our Shir on Rashi, we brought that many put, many say we don't pass like Rashi in Halacha. Rashi was more, uh, you know, what does the Ibn Ezra call Rashi? Parshandasa. Parshandasa, one of the sons of Haman. But Parshandasa, explaining the law. He is Mefarish the law. So far, what we're learning is Rashi is the Rebbe of the Jewish people, and he's a Gilgal of Rav. Now, the Ramami Pano, that's what the Ramami Pano writes in the Sefer Gugulei Neshamais. The Ramami Pano in the Maimar Yoinas Elam, he says another great revelation. Rav was Rabban Shel Yisrael. Interesting. He was the great rabbi of Kal Yisrael. And when Rav died, Ended the two thousand years of Torah, so we were Yisoyimim Hayinu Be'enav. We know the first two thousand years of the world are Toyavavayu, until Avram was fifty-two, and then the next two thousand years were years of Torah until Rav died. So when Rav died, it's like we're orphaned. Now here's the bombshell. And who's Rav? Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had a great time, a great student. 
Who wrote the Zayar? Contrary to popular opinion that Reb Shimon wrote the Zayar, he didn't write the Zayar, he dictated the Zayar. Who did he dictate it to? To his student, Rabbi Abba. Who's Rabbi Abba? Says Ramah Mipano, Rabbi Abba was Rav. Rav, the first Amoira, the last Tana, was Rabbi Abba, the student of the Rajbi. So he's a Tana, he learned from Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yichai. And therefore he was a great mystic. And therefore he's the writer of the Zayar. And if you look at number 25, in the humble Sefer El Akadamer Anini, it's brought that why did the Hashkacha have it that the author of the Zayar is called Rabbi Abba? Because we know the Zayar says, who knows the secret of their father? Who knows the secret of the king? Only the son of the king. Only someone who's a ben to the Melech can know the secrets of the king. So therefore, to learn Kabbalah, it's only because you're Banim Lamakim. So to teach Kabbalah, you have to be Abba. You have to be a father. And therefore, Rabbi Abba, the name Abba is the appropriate name for the one to give over to the Jewish people the secrets of the Torah. So when I was in 10th grade, um, second year math was called. Now they, I don't know what they did to math. I don't know. I can't even figure out second grade math anymore. They... They took simple math and they just made it convoluted. They made math liberal. It used to be a definitive science. Now it's a matter of opinion. Now math is like perspective of numbers. You know, no two people see numbers the same way. Everyone should experience numbers the way that they're comfortable with. I, I don't know what's talking about. Anyway, what was second year math? The first year was algebra. Think geometry. So there's something called the chain rule. If A equals B and B equals C, A equals C. So let's say it very simply. Rashi was a Gilgal of Rav. Rav was Rabbi Abba. So that means who was Rashi? Abba. Rashi is Rabbi Abba. That means Rashi is a Gilgal of the author of the Zayra Kadash. Could there be a better name for Rabban? If he's Rabban Shel Yisrael... He's the great rabbi of the Jewish people. And Rashi is the one who identifies that a student is called a son and a, fa- and a Rebbe is a father. Who better to be called Abba than Rabban Shal Yisrael than Rashi himself? Now, if Rashi, now it's a very interesting thing. Ramami Pano points out that very often in Shas, Rab Asi, Rab Kahana ask a question on Rav and Rav is Shasak. Rav is quiet. Now, this part I once said over, couldn't find it, but uh, it was in a share we gave on Vayetze a couple years ago on sleep. Rav, um, Rav Kahana Ravasi asked Rav a question, Rav Shasak. So some Achram say, he, if he's quiet, he, he admitted, Shtika Kaida. Ramami Pano says, no, he had what to say. But he had a Kabbalistic take on it, and he couldn't reveal it publicly, and that's why throughout Shas, Rav is always Shasak. Shasak means... He has what to say, but it's not for everybody. That's why sometimes we say, Kanayim v'shachav rav amal hashmaita. Very often we say, Rav must have been sleeping when he taught that. Why? Because when a person sleeps, his soul goes up to Shemayim and he's given secrets of Torah. So it's not a criticism. It's like this information is so highfalutin. Again, my friend, Rebbe Fall from France, and I'm going to show you a number of Mara on in this vein. 
There are many things Rashi writes, Mamish, if he's the author of the Zayar, that are just supernatural. By Rashi's own admission, in Yechezkel, when it talks about the third base Amikdash and what it looks like, Rashi describes it. And Rashi said, by the way, you, want, you might want to know where I got this from. I'm not quoting Sifri Sifra, Medrash. This is what Rashi says. V'ani lo hayali loy rav, v'loy oizer, v'chol habinyan azeh. Nobody helped me with this. I had no rabbi in this. Ella kamay sheheruni min hashamayim. I'm just telling you what heaven showed me. Rashi, parshan dosa, the one who said va'ani loy basi ella lepshuto yishal mikra. Rashi is telling us he had prophecy to explain Surah Sukkah. Shoah Kaddish writes in Masech Tashvuiz, somebody who learns Gemara, with Toysvis and all the Dukdukim, especially Rashi, you'll notice every word of Rashi has Dvarim, Nistarim, Inyanim, Muflaim. Rashi composed his Perush, Baruch HaKodesh. The Levush, Ramor Chayafa, I don't have it on the sheet, I couldn't find exactly where he says it. He writes that every word of Rashi has two meanings. It has a simple meaning and a Kabbalistic meaning. The Sefer Tzayda Ladarach says, Ruach HaKodesh descended on Rashi, and he was able to prevail and explain the Gemara. Nobody like him was able to, able, uh, ever able to do something like this. If not for Rashi, Talmud Babli would have been completely forgotten. Nobody could explain. Nobody could understand the Gemara. One of the Baliyatois to say this is very interesting. Remember in Vayetze, Rashi brings, hey, Yaakov was going to Beisel, so how did he get to Harabayas? What does Rashi say? Harabayas picked up and went to Yaakov. You know, look in Chazal. Chazal don't say that. Rashi is not quoting the Medrash on that. Where did Rashi get that from? Say the Bali HaToysvis, Ruach HaKodesh. Rav Chaim Falaji writes, number 23, Dvarav Shal Rashi Kulam Heim Baruach HaKodesh. And finally, the Chidah says he has a tradition who, heard, who, who received from his Rebbe Rashi that Rashi fasted 613 Tanesim before he wrote his Perush al Hatayra. Now, I don't know about you. I'm still knocked out from Shavah Sabatamas. Seriously. One fast. Okay? Rashi fasted 600. That's like two years. He fasted 630 before he wrote his Perush. By the way, I once heard from uh, Adam Gada. I don't know. I never found it. That why isn't Shavasa Batamas 24 hours? Because if you would fast two Tanesim of 24 hours within 40 days, you would never recover. Anyway, Rabinu Tam's grandson said, What Rashi did to Shas, I could have done. But what Rashi did to Chumash, nobody could have done. And then I saw in the Ramami Panos of that Rashi also wrote his commentary Kabbalistically. And their secrets. And that's why he fasted 613 times. And when he did, Moshe Rabbeinu came and he said, Good job. And there's a tradition from the Chassid, Rav Nachman Bar Shmuel, that he went to the grave of Rashi and he afflicted himself until Rashi revealed to him the secret of what Rashi meant on the Pasuk, Vayisnaklu Oisai, which means, Itai, Imai, he gave him great secrets. So you say, really? You could go to the grave. Imagine if you could go to the grave of Rashi. That means if you, Rashi could reveal things to you. 
I want to go to the grave of Rashi. I thought you might say that. You too could go to the grave of Rashi. And if you start fasting now, maybe Rashi will reveal some secrets to you. And when he does, bring a recorder, let me know what they are. Um, but anyway, I think it's a very beautiful idea that Rashi is called Rabban Shal Yisrael. And Rashi himself was, uh, gave over to the Jewish people the idea that a student is a child. Which really means that if a person, for a person to be successful in learning, they should feel a love to their teacher, that just like a father brings them into Olam Hazeh, a Rebbe brings them into Olam Haba. And the Rebbe has to have a love for his students, that uh, he is facilitating their success um, in this world and in the world to come. And if Rashi is Rabbi and Yisrael, if Rashi is the great rabbi of the Jewish people who opened up the Chumash, the Nevi'im, the Ksuvim, and the Shas, then can it be more appropriate than Rashi was a Gilgal of Rav, and Rav is identified as Rabbi Abba, hence Rashi's secret name, and I've never seen this anywhere, but I think it's, it comes out implicit. Rashi's Sharish Hanashama was Rabbi Abba. This would explain all the Kabbalistic references to the deeper meanings of Rashi, and that in fact Rashi is not only the great rabbi of the Jewish people, but the great father, Aviyam Shal Yisrael, and Zuchusa Yagen Aleinu Akal Yisrael Amen.